Welcome to the Uncomfortable Truth Podcast, hosted by the rock star of consulting, Alan Weiss. Be prepared to have your beliefs challenged and your behaviors questioned. Welcome, everyone, and I'm happy to have you back here on the Uncomfortable Truth. You know, one uncomfortable truth is that I can always make another dollar, but I can't make another minute. Try it sometime, and you'll see that I'm right. So I want to talk to you today a little bit about time in life. Now, people tell me that they have a work life and a business life, and they seek some kind of balance. That's the wrong starting point, let me tell you, because you don't have a work life and a, and a business life. You have a life. And people say, well, what should be the balance? Well, the balance of what? Why balance? In other words, what are you contributing? What are you gaining? How are you helping? Think of a large, empty space. Think of a a ballroom. Or maybe an amphitheater. Or an athletic field. Uh, An indoor stadium. Some kind of huge, empty space where nothing's going on. And what you see, I think, is an area full of potential. There's a lot you can do there. You can hold meetings, you can hold volleyball games, you can play kickball, you can have athletic events of a professional nature, you can have meetings of all different kinds. There's a lot you can do with a huge empty space. But the first thing that happens when we say, well, I have a work life and a personal life, is that we bifurcate it. So now there's a huge wall right down the middle of this big empty space, and it's not as big as it was. Now we have two pretty big empty spaces but neither as large as the original. And then we say, well, I have obligations, I have responsibilities, I have stresses, I have guilt, I have accountabilities, I need to establish certain things, I have a bucket list, I need to have some meetings, I need to do this, I need to do that. And pretty soon, within these two big areas, now you have smaller areas because now you're installing walls and paneling and small rooms, and areas that are one-way streets, and areas that are detours. And so instead of this big empty space now, we have filled it with obstacles. We filled it with diversion. We filled it with detours. And so our lives no longer have the same flexibility. And we suddenly find ourselves traveling at a very slow speed often with others erecting still further walls and further resistance. And some of these things become immovable objects. And so I want to suggest to you that when you get up in the morning and you look outside, assuming you have a window, you're going to see a lot of big empty space. You know, there are cars and there are buildings and there are trees and maybe animals and so forth. But essentially, they don't take up all that much room. It's a big empty space. Now, sometimes as an exercise, on an easel at the front of a room, I'll put a small X and a plus sign and a triangle, only about half an inch tall, and I'll say, what do you see? And people in the room will say, well, I see, you know, a small X and a triangle and so forth. But some people will say, well, I see three little black marks. Some people will say, you know, I see a demon. It's like a Rorschach test, I guess. But the real answer is most of what you see is nothing. Most of what you see is white space. But we're attracted to what's written in the white space, and we tend to ignore the gestalt. We tend to ignore what occurs around it. And so 
we constrain ourselves. We restrain ourselves. We confine ourselves just to looking at things. So we don't see a street going into the distance, going to the horizon. We see cars. And we don't see a meadow. We see trees. And we don't see opportunity. We see obstacles. We see impediments. I conduct some programs in a penthouse I use, uh, high atop a hotel, one of which is about 45 floors up in New York City. And I ask people to go to the windows and tell me what they see. And when they're up that high, they see sort of a, of a patterned universe. They can see the sky. They can see the tops of some buildings were actually less high than some of the really tall skyscrapers. And they see all the cars and so forth in the street, but they see patterns. And they see sense and how things are laid out. But when you're down there in the street, what you often see is chaos. Nothing makes sense. Now, when you're up high like that and that you have that opportunity, when you get down to the street, you can make more sense of things. It's the same as having a clear and effective and efficient strategy. When you're into tactics and you're into execution, your strategy still guides you. It's given you a good view. It's like being on a mountaintop before a battle. You can see what's going to take place. But if you don't take the high view, you're down in the trenches. You're down in the minutiae. You're down in the weeds, whatever you want to call it. And as a result, we continue to put obstacles and burdens and corridors in our lives. And so I want to suggest to you, stop with the original one, which is my personal life versus my business life, and think about the fact that you just have one life. I mean, my example to you would be that when I'm on vacation, I have no problem sitting at the beach and taking a couple of calls on my cell phone. I have no problem checking email in the morning when I get up and in the evening before we go to dinner. It's okay. In fact, I tend to get to the beach at 8 in the morning before anybody's there and I'm there with the gulls and the pelicans and so forth. My wife usually comes down around 10 or 10.30. And the first word to me, the first phrase is, have you paid for the vacation yet? Now, I don't advise that you go up to your room and you watch golf matches, you know, while you're in some lovely tropical isle. But I do suggest there's nothing wrong with doing a little bit of business. Just as in the middle of the day here at my place in a weekday, I have no compunction, especially this time of year, about heading out to the pool and spending a few hours there and smoking a cigar. I might take a call there, but basically I'll read or do some puzzles or something doesn't matter that it's one o'clock on Wednesday. And if on a Saturday I suddenly get a bright idea and I feel like recording a podcast, which is what the hell I'm doing right now, I'm going to do it. Or if it means writing a proposal, I'll do that. I don't regard strict time uh, lines of demarcation. I've actually had people tell me, well, when I'm with a client, you know, I, I shut everything else down. Well, that's a learning disability. I've got news for you. And so I want to suggest that this is at your volition. How you view life, how you use your time, is, a, is your choice. And time is not a resource. Time is a priority. You have the same amount of time every day, 24 hours. It doesn't matter if you're leading a, a Fortune 500 company, or if you're sweeping streets, or if you're an entrepreneur, or you're a student, you have 24 hours. So the question is how you apply it. And so if a buyer were to say to you, I don't have time, you know, you can say, of course you have time. The question is, do you want to give me the time? And so you have to make a case that 
investing time in you is more valuable than investing time somewhere else. So a woman who had a minor incident, very successful woman who I know and I like, she had a very minor incident, and over two or three weeks, she had to call this company and get responses, call the company, get responses. They finally went to some kind of mediation or arbitration or court date or something, and it was resolved in 15 minutes and in her favor. And she said, see that? In 15 minutes, it was taken care of. I said, don't you have an attorney? She said, well, why would I use an attorney when I could take care of it in 15 minutes? No, no, no. It took four or five weeks of phone calls and sitting on hold and all this kind of nonsense to get to that 15 minutes. I can make another dollar. I can't make another minute. Take control of your time. How do you want to invest it? And think about that investment in terms of the huge ballroom, the huge amphitheater, the huge playing field in front of you. How can you best use all that space? Don't let yourself be confined. And more important, don't let others confine you. How do they do that? They give you failure work to do. They ask you for favors that are inappropriate. They ask for too many things that they ought to do that they're putting on your desk. They ask you to review things that needn't be reviewed, but they just want your air cover, so to speak. You can't let people do that. If you're in a supervisory position, it often happens to you from employees and superiors. But if you're an entrepreneur, it often happens to you by, from clients. And so you need to guard your time ruthlessly, jealously, with great vigor. And you, you need to think of your time as something that is in a broad space that can be reconfigured to your desire. So think about that. Walk into the ballroom and start to dance. You've been listening to The Uncomfortable Truth with Alan Weiss. For free access to Alan's newsletters, audio and video resources, and for information about his global events and coaching communities, please visit alanweiss.com. Thanks for listening. Keep the faith.